0: Okay, we're trying this one more time. Go ahead. Trying again. Trying again. Hello. Hi. Uh, Hi, everyone. This is Kate.
1: And this is Kevin.
0: Welcome to Horrorwood. Uh, and welcome back, Kevin. Again, thank you so much for um, being here. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for having me. It's
1: fun to see you face to face.
0: Yes, this is excellent because we've been recording in a very odd way recently. Well, since always. Uh, but this time we are like literally five feet away from each other. And it's glorious. And I love it. Let's see what we have going on here. So I first off. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I haven't asked you this yet. Have you watched Mrs. Davis? No. Do you have Peacock? Yes. Oh my God. It is the best show. It is like the most creative, crazy, clever show there is. It's so good. You'll love it. Oh,
1: okay. Is that the one I've always, I've seen one that has like a picture of a nun on it. Is that it? Okay.
0: Yes. It is so wild. But within the first five minutes of the first episode, Matt and I were like, this is our show. Oh, that's amazing. And you'll understand it when you watch the first five <laughs> minutes. You're going to be like, oh my God, what's happening?
1: That's insane. Is it like a like a sci-fi kind of thing?
0: I don't know how to, how describe, to describe it, it. Okay. because it's a little bit of everything. Those are the
1: best kind of shows when you can't. You're like, I'm not sure how to even talk about this. Yeah. It's Yay. so, so
0: good. Mrs. Davis on Peacock. It's I, what a ride what a ride i'm excited it was fun i'm kind of bummed it's over oh no but like we really like once we started getting through it we're like we gotta see what happens like where is this going and so we finished it now i'm like oh now we're done
1: is it will there be another season or is it like a mini series i think it's just a mini series i don't
0: think that they could like it's it's very contained it's Uh, like okay in eight episodes they told the entire story so oh there you go i think i think we're done with that okay uh but it's so good yay uh so one thing i do have like a little biz nasty yeah. to go through so one thing is on spotify so spotify does this thing now where you can add like A Q&A or a poll in your show notes about the episode which we've been doing but i just realized that like some of the comments weren't showing up or like Spotify wasn't notifying me that people had left a comment and it only posts if I post it. And so if you didn't see your post up, I'm so sorry. Spotify didn't tell me and like they disappeared. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, I apologize if that happened to you. Uh, But if you want to answer the questions on Spotify or sometimes we do a poll, not always, but sometimes it's there. Um, Check that out if you're a Spotify listener. Okay, I'm warm. Are you warm? I'm okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's the water. It's the warm water. (laughs) It is, but it's actually very good. I hate the summer. Um, You know what? That's not true. I don't hate summer. Mm -hmm. I dislike the sun. Yeah. In fact, I hate the sun.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm fine with summer, but like it's hot. I'm already ready for fall. Yep. same. Like that's where I am in my life. Um, It's June, which is basically... Pre, 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 pre pre-October. Right. So spooky season, guys. (gasps) Spooky season. It's here. (laughs) We're in it. (laughs) Um, But speaking of spooky season, so I haven't told you this yet, but Matt, so Matt and I are seeing some friends in Milwaukee coming up and he said, hey, babe, do you want to stay in a haunted hotel? Yes. And I was like, this is why we're dating. Oh my
1: God. I love that.
0: So we're going to be staying at the Pfister Hotel, which is like one of the most haunted in the country, apparently, and maybe the world. I have not
1: heard of this place.
0: It's, so a lot of celebrities have stayed there, Um, presidents, baseball (gasps) players. It's like the, it's the hotel where the MLB stays when they're playing the Brewers. Okay. So tons of baseball players have ghost stories from there and like some celebrities do So I decided I should probably do an episode from The Fister. Oh my god,
1: Kate. That's amazing.
0: I'm excited. So Matt will be my co-host on that one. And that's going to come up in a couple weeks. Um, So yeah, stay tuned for that.
1: I stayed in a haunted bed and breakfast one time. (gasps) But I didn't know until I got there that it was haunted. And, like, it was in Haworth, which is the home of the Brontes, the Bronte sisters.
0: Oh, okay. In
1: England. And I went up there to visit because I wanted to see, like, all the history and the area, location. Um, And I stayed at the Bronte... Oh, God, I'm going to forget. It was a Bronte-themed bed and breakfast. Okay. And I stayed in the Rose Room. And I was the only person there that night. And (gasps) I was reading the little insert they gave me. And it said several guests have reported seeing an entity at the foot of the bed in the middle of the night. And I was like, I didn't, I don't want that. Oh, I,
0: I would be okay with, I mean, I'd be scared shitless if I saw a fucking figure at the end of my bed in the (sighs) middle of the night, but I would actually also love it.
1: I slept with all the lights on and the TV on.
0: Oh, wow. I mean, I probably do the same. Yeah.
1: I was like, I'm good. (laughs) I'm just not in the mood. You know, maybe if I was with someone. I'm not in
0: the mood to be terrified. <laughs> maybe another time. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, So, yeah, I it'll be exciting. We'll see if I sleep with the lights on or not. I might do it in two parts where, like, the first part we give, like, the history and all that kind of stuff. And then we might do the second part the the next morning just Ooh, to yeah, see if, like, see what happened. anything Updates. happened. I hope something happens. Get
1: one of those, like, EV,
0: EMF EMT,
1: EMT. EMT. <laughs> EMF. Yeah. <laughs> Get an EMT on hand just in case. <laughs> just in case scared. things go
0: awry. <laughs> um, you know, what? I looked up EMF readers actually because I was like, I should Did get you? one. Yes. I don't know if I'm going to do it for this. Okay. Uh, but we'll see. Who knows? Also, I wanted to give a shout out to all of our Petronians, which includes you, yeah. Mr. Kevin, uh, because I've we finally reached enough money this month to cover our first year of our hosting service, which is Podbean. So basically podcasts have to have a hosting service where you like upload all your files and they shoot it out to all of the podcast apps. So we finally have enough on our Patreon now to have covered that first year, which is so wonderful. So thank you so much. Um, And speaking of the Patreon... I'm going to curate a little gift package for the Patronians. And I will say it's only going to be for our highest tier, which is the Murderinos. uh, Just because it's going to cost a little bit on my end to put it all together. So I want to reward the Murderinos, like our highest tier subscribers. I'm going to be sending it out in October. So you have until October 1st to sign up on Patreon. And again, it's on the Misfit Murderino tier, which is $5 a month. Uh, But if you're signed up before October 1st, so that's the key, uh, you will receive a little something, something in the mail, but you have to make sure that you've marked that you want to receive gifts. Like you have to give Patreon your address, just so we know where to send it. And some of our Patronians don't have their address on there. So if you want a little gift package that I have put together, be sure to change that in your settings uh, so that you can get those treats. I have some ideas. I don't know exactly what all is going to go into it yet, but I have some ideas and it's just going to be like a little thank you and a little like happy fall. Because again, it's pre, 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 -pre pre-October. And that means it's ready for fall. So,
1: Cereal killer cookies. That would be a fun oh. in the shape of like Gacy or...
0: I love that. <laughs> Although I probably can't send like food, but...
1: Oh, damn. Yeah, that's true.
0: Because people will be like, what did you lace this with? Nope. <laughs> nothing. I didn't put anything in there. Um, but anyway, so before October 1st, sign up on the Patreon and you'll get a little treat. And speaking of how October is right around the corner, today I've got a haunted theater for you. Oh
1: my God. The Mecca. Oh. Haunted theaters.
0: Love. So we've talked about this before. All theaters are haunted. Yes, of course. And we do a few, like we've done a couple haunted theaters in the past, so we're going to keep this little series going. And today we are talking about the Huntington Theater.
1: Huntington.
0: Or... The Huntington. <gasps> <Ta-na-na. laughs> it's located at 264. That was like actually a title on someone's article that oh. I read, and I was like, "I like the Huntington." The
1: Huntington.
0: Uh, it's located at 264 Huntington Avenue in good old Boston, Massachusetts, Boston. baby. The building that houses the Huntington, Th- blah blah blah. <laughs> the building <laughs> that houses the Huntington Theater has seen many changes over the years. Its construction began. A hundred years ago in 1923 and was originally called the Repertory Theater of Boston, home to the Henry Jewett Players. Hmm. We've actually mentioned this theater company in a previous episode when I covered Peg and Twistle. She was the actress who was a member of the Henry Jewett Players before moving to Los Angeles. And she was a great actress, but sadly she became more well-known as the woman who ended her life by jumping from the Hollywood sign. That was her? Yep. Oh my god. Can you guess who founded the Henry Jewett players, Kevin?
1: Oh oh no. Um I'll give you a hint. Give me a hint. It's
0: really easy. It's called the Henry Jewett Players.
1: Henry Jewett.
0: You got it. Ting ding ting, you win the prize. I panicked there for a minute. You did. I was like,
1: who's an old <laughs> old actor American
0: from a hundred years From a hundred years ago. I'm like, it's pretty simple. (laughs) So Henry Jewett was an actor and director originally from Australia.
1: Oh, good for him. And Kate, the last haunted theater you did was in Australia, wasn't it? Oh,
0: it it was.
1: Look at that. All the connections.
0: Uh, He moved to the United States around 1900 and soon settled in Boston. And it was there he created his theater company. During the beginning years of the company, they didn't have their own space to perform in, so they performed at the Boston Opera House. Then in 1916, moved to the Copley Theater. He probably
1: left Australia to get away from all the spiders.
0: Were there spiders there?
1: Oh, Kate. Australian spiders. Is that
0: a thing? It's
1: a big thing.
0: Oh, I really want to go to Australia. I've never been. I kind
1: of do too, but I feel like I would step off the plane and then all of a sudden like a giant Huntsman would jump in my face or something. I'm just a little afraid.
0: Okay. Well, that's fair. We'll
1: we'll talk offline about (laughs) Australian spiders. Okay.
0: I need to know more. So Henry thought, it's great that my theater company has a space to perform in, but you know what would be even better? If I had my own permanent space for my company. So Henry and his wife, Frances, put their heads together and said, all right, if we want a building, we need money. And if we want money, we're going to need to ask our community for help. So in 1923, they started the Jewett Repertory Fund, and they had a lot of support. Turns out some pretty big deal people wanted to see this theater building come to fruition and sponsored the fund, including the president of Harvard University, A. Lawrence Lowell, and uh, the president of the United States at the time, Calvin Coolidge. Hey, Coolidge. No big deal.
1: We need art support more than ever.
0: Right? I, <laughs> I read that and I was that. like, how? Because just this one fledgling theater and theater company was able to get the president to just like give him a bunch of money.
1: Oh, my God. The I dream was like, nowadays. Yeah.
0: I was like, where, when else in time does that happen? Hardly ever. Henry chose Huntington Avenue as the location for the building because it was close to Boston's cultural landmarks. Mm. It was across from Symphony Hall and was close to the old Boston Opera House and the Museum of Fine Arts. And he thought by having his theater here, it would tell people that this, too, was a major cultural venue in Boston. Yeah, The theater was originally called the Repertory Theater of Boston, like I mentioned before, Mm -hmm. and opened in November of 1925. That was
1: a quick... That was quick. Yeah, it wasn't too bad.
0: Henry was stoked. He was like, this is badass. I have my own theater for my own theater company. The fucking president of the United States is backing me. What could go wrong?
1: Oh, everything. Oh, Henry. And it did, didn't it? It sure did. Fuck.
0: Pretty much immediately after it opened, (laughs) the theater had a hard time making money. There was a lot of competition. Not too far from Henry's Theater were big commercial playhouses that attracted larger audiences and brought in more money. Oh, well, there you go. But an even bigger problem was the invention of the talkies, movies with sound.
1: Oh, talkies. I was like, (laughs) walkie-talkies?
0: And walkies, everyone wanted to be on the radio. Everybody
1: was on the radio, not going to theater.
0: (laughs) So this was bad for theaters in two ways. One, Audiences wanted to see what all the fuss was about with these talkies. So they started spending their money at the movies rather than at the theaters. And two, silent film stars had never had to speak before. Now suddenly they have to learn lines. Oh
1: shit! They're put to the test.
0: Yeah, they have to deliver a believable performance with words, words, Kevin, <laughs> and words. they weren't all good at it.
1: Yeah, that sucks.
0: So stage actors began heading west to California for film jobs, leaving their theater companies behind. Then of course the like Great that Depression lady who hit. Who jumped off the sign? Yeah, Peg, Peggy. So then of course the Great Depression hit and no one was going to the oh theater God, then. God, this
1: is the worst.
0: It, it wasn't great timing for mm-hmm. Henry. Sadly, the theater went bankrupt and for Henry Jewett, his dream of owning his own theater died shortly after it began, with the theater closing in 1930, just five years after it had Son opened. Son of a bitch. Yeah. After the theater closed, the building became a movie theater for several uh, uh, years. Not that's surprising. That's
1: a kick in the tits or whatever you call it. <laughs> a kick <laughs>
0: I've never heard that phrase. And I don't now it's know if, all I'm gonna say. I feel say. like
1: it's a phrase.
0: It is now. Okay.
1: <laughs> I just didn't want to say balls. I like
0: a kick in the tits. Okay. I mean, I don't personally enjoy a kick in the tits, but I will start okay. saying that. So, of course, movies were all the rage. It wasn't a huge surprise that that's what the theater turned into. And then Boston University bought the building in 1953 for its theater program. Oh,
1: hey, that's good. Yeah.
0: And they also were able to like rent it out to other companies.
1: Salvage it back into an art space.
0: Yes. So they did sell it recently. The university did Mm. just a few years ago, actually. Wow. Now the building is known as the Huntington Theater and houses the Huntington Theater Company. Today, yes. Okay, I'm glad it's still being used as a theater, and that it wasn't like Same. turned into a parking lot. I was gonna or say
1: you. I mean, you always hear about these old theaters just kind of like falling by the wayside and getting demolished, and then turned
0: into apartments, right. or whatever. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like the. Uh, I mean, I am so excited for the Uptown Theater to open Me again. Me too. One day. I feel like they didn't. It it got sold, and they're renovating now. Didn't I it? think so? Oh, okay. Yeah, we're I gonna hope say s- it is. Yes, fingers <laughs> crossed.
0: So the same year that Henry's theater dreams died, 1930, so did he. There remains a bit of mystery as to how Henry died. His obituary in the Boston Globe, as well as the New York Times, state that he died at home. No cause is given. On findagrave.com, it states he died of cancer in the hospital before the theater had closed and that his wife Frances took over running it until closing it later that year, I couldn't find this account anywhere else, though, so I'm not so sure about the validity of it. Plus, anyone can contribute to findagrave.com. It's kind of like the Wikipedia Wikipedia of memorials. It is. So I'm not so sure he died of cancer in a hospital. Mm. Another theory floating around the interwebs is that his wife Frances had an affair with Henry's business manager, and the two of them took all the money and ran away together, leaving Henry distraught and choosing to die by suicide. But I couldn't find anything verifying that Francis had left him. So I don't know about that one either.
1: I mean, why is she the bad guy in all of these scenarios?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, she wasn't in the first one. She was just taking over the theory. She was a good guy in the first theory. Okay. But however, the theory that Henry died by suicide was a popular one at the time of his death. According to an article by Francis Ma in the State Journal Register, many people believed Henry hanged himself... <gasps> The on theater. stage, yes. Depressed about his business failing. No. The suicide rate- I mean, that's rate, really
1: dramatic, though, to do. It,
0: I mean, it's pretty theatrical, and maybe he wanted to go out that way, but we don't know. Oh, of course. I will say, though, the suicide rate was up at the time Depression. due to the Great Depression, yeah. so that theory isn't so far-fetched. Yeah. Though we may never know the true cause of Henry Jewett's death, according to several witnesses over the years, he hasn't exactly left the building-
1: he Phantom of the Opera himself. He did. <laughs> we'll use that instead of suicide.
0: Yes, I like it. <laughs> Donna Glick, who is the director of education at the Huntington for years, I don't know if she still is. Uh, she said that there was one particular summer where there were a lot of ghost sightings and sounds. It was 1991, and at the time, the theater didn't do productions in the summer, but another theater company had rented the space for their production of Frankie and Johnny in the Claire de Lune which deals with some adult themes, it has nudity. If I'm not mistaken, the two characters start the show naked and remain so for like 20 minutes. Uh, On opening night of this particular production, the show was delayed because the house manager couldn't get the lights to dim. So they're trying and trying for several minutes and nothing was happening. And eventually they just gave up. And then the lights dimmed on their own. Donna Glick, who I just mentioned, thinks maybe the spirit of Henry Jewett disapproved of the adult themes in the play and wanted to express it by delaying the show. Like, um, I don't like this. You're not going to watch this right now.
1: Or he loved it and he wanted to see more of it, which is why he kept the lights up.
0: The same night? Oh, like
1: the house lights. The house lights. Shit. I thought you meant like the stage lights.
0: No, the house (laughs) lights. So the show hadn't even started Oh, well, damn
1: him. (laughs)
0: That same Get with night, the times. several people reported a cold chill in the lower lobby, which normally you wouldn't think much about.
1: Theaters are cold. Some
0: places are just cold. But this was the middle of summer in Boston. And it doesn't sound like they had AC at the time, which is probably why they didn't do shows there mm. in the summer. Or it could have been like the theater where you and I worked, where there were window units, but they had to be turned off for performances because of the noise
1: so obnoxious i
0: hated doing that so this cold spot in the lobby was weird enough to make people feel the need to report it so the staff nicknamed it the willy spot like if you stand there you might get the willies uh, Willys. <laughs> but uh, the jeepers oh creepers but this isn't the only inexplicable cold chill in the theater oh in 2008 chicago's goodman theater did a co-production with the huntington of Connor McPherson's Shining City, which is a sort of spooky play.
1: I love Connor McPherson. Do you? So when I worked in London at the Donmar, mm-hmm. they produced, like, I, I think, like, two of his plays. And one of them being The Weir. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, that play is so amazing. And then there was a new premiere, The Night Alive. Oh, okay. Um, Which was stellar, and it had so the Weir had Brian Cox. Oh, cool! Yeah, and Succession Everybody, someone I forget the guy's name who was in The Night Alive, another famous actor, but Kieran Kieran something, I think. I don't, it doesn't matter, but Kieran Culkin, no, not Kieran Culkin, like older.
0: Oh, okay, I don't know, I
1: don't either, but um, yeah, I love him,
0: yeah, he's. I mean, I think, I want to say that Matt directed one of his plays here. I'm not positive.
1: It's always like Irish, like countryside folklore type thing. So cool.
0: So Robert Falls, who just recently stepped down as Goodman's artistic director after 36 years, he was directing this show. Oh, cool. After he was told The Huntington's History and Possible Hauntings by Henry Jewett, Falls said, quote, I haven't seen him or experienced anything weird yet, but it's odd. I have to admit that backstage, there has been a chill that everyone has noticed. Virginia Emerson, the assistant costume director for the Huntington, said that in Shining City, there's a scene in which the characters on stage are talking about a ghost. And during the opening night of that production, Henry has a thing about opening nights. A mysterious figure appeared on stage and quote, kind of waved to the audience And then faded away. I love that this spirit heard them talking about a ghost on stage and was like, that's me. I should go say hi.
1: (laughs) He just floats out and full on wickets himself like up into the air in front of everyone.
0: (laughs) Then there was an incident while Donna was giving a tour of the space. She said one woman in the tour group pointed out an angry woman on stage. The woman from the tour was like, what's up with that lady? She's just angrily crossing the stage back and forth like why is she so pissed and everyone was like what lady there was no one there
1: spooky scary
0: Roger Meeker who is the assistant professor of theater arts at Boston University has had a couple of run-ins with a spirit or two once when the theater was supposed to be empty Roger noticed someone up on the catwalk so he yells up there like hey what are you doing up there and then the figure just vanished and several actors have also reported seeing a ghostly figure on the catwalk.
1: Or it was just someone who wasn't supposed to be up there. And they was like, get down!
0: Who just dissipates uh, yes. into thin air. <laughs> uh, yes. Wow, that's a talent. Another time, Roger was there late watching an evening rehearsal. And afterwards, he headed back to his office. He didn't turn on the hallway lights because there was street light coming in through the windows. So he could see fine just to go to his office. And Roger said he looked down the hallway and saw a man that was backlit from the light coming through the window. Roger said, quote, some spirit, somebody was down at the end of the hall. It was a man dressed in sort of Elizabethan garb. And it was all of the things that you typically associate with ghosts, a figure that you can see through, sort of gray and diaphanous. He said, quote, I kept approaching. I'm curious about these things. But the figure, the vision, Disappeared and it wasn't like it walked out of the room or anything, it just went away. A few years later, a descendant of Henry Jewett donated a portrait of Henry to the theater and requested that it be hung up over the grand staircase leading up from the lobby. And this thing is huge, it's kind of like he's watching over everyone as they come up to the theater. Mm. When Roger Meeker saw the portrait, he said. That's who I saw at the end of the hallway that night. Ooh. Dressed exactly the same in everything. The portrait was of Henry Jewett dressed as Macbeth.
1: Ah, okay. I was going to say, does he just run around in Elizabethan garb? It's <laughs> it was, cool if he does. Yeah. I mean, and
0: I will say the only re- reason Roger said Elizabethan garb was because he was in the theater talking about this. And right. you can't say Macbeth in the theater.
1: That's true. So he was
0: just like, he was dressed in Elizabethan garb. Right. <laughs> But he was dressed as Macbeth. He was
1: dressed up as that guy. That that Scottish king. You know
0: the one. (laughs) And apparently, Henry Jewett is very particular about his portrait. Virginia Emerson, that assistant costume director, said, quote, We're always very careful to make sure that everything's perfect with his portrait or he gets upset.
1: Well, what the hell does he do?
0: In particular, so there's a light above the portrait that illuminates it. And Emerson said that if the light is not functioning properly, weird stuff happens on that side of the theater where the portrait hangs and will keep happening until someone fixes that light. So she gave a few examples. She said there was a, quote, disturbance in the bathroom. She doesn't specify what the disturbance was.
1: She ate too many tacos. Well, okay, that's Sorry. where my, that's where my <laughs> brain
0: went. I was like, a disturbance in the bathroom. Oh, I imagine it was like a faucet running sure, or a sure. toilet overflowing or something, which on its own wouldn't be that weird. But the theater had been dark for a week or so, so no one had been up there. She said, for some strange reason, the UPS guy left their packages up there in the upstairs lobby by the portrait rather than down in the main lobby in the front like the right inside the door where they would usually packages. so the packages.
1: ups guy would go just go upstairs uh, go upstairs like
0: walked in walked up this grand staircase to leave the packages which is just strange. Really strange yeah when normally he always leaves them just like right inside the door
1: oh so it's posited that the ghost moved the packages
0: no they believe the ups guy oh, did okay. it but that because this portrait, the light was crazy. Yeah. It was Henry saying like, hey, fix my fucking light. Right. And so like got the UPS guy to draw Ew, that's attention. That's scary. Isn't that weird? And she said that the portrait had to be taken down for repainting at one point, And there were tech issues throughout the building until the picture was hung back up. On either side of Henry's portrait are two smaller ones of past productions covered in plexiglass. And all three portraits are high up on the wall. You can't reach them unless you have a ladder. Sure. And during one production, someone noticed that the plexiglass had come off both of the smaller pictures and moved towards Henry's, both at an equal distance. But no one claimed to have moved them. Like Henry didn't feel his pick had enough protection, and was just like, "Let me just move this plexiglass a little closer." <laughs> Donna Glick, the director of education I mentioned earlier, said, "quote I don't really believe in ghosts, but after that, I was open to it." So to prevent blah blah, so to prevent <laughs> any further issues, the next time the theater had to be renovated, the scene shop built a whole ass crate just for Henry's portrait, which included a light that's kept on 24-7. And the building manager gave a speech on stage to the ghosts, Henry and otherwise, because yes, there are more, which we'll talk about soon. Letting them know how long the renovation was going to take, what was going to get torn out, what was going to stay. Just assuring the ghost that everything was going to be okay. Oh, my
1: God. I'm just imagining, like, the theater having a production meeting and then, like, all the seats are filled with people except there's one that's just a Ouija board. And so he has to, like, come in on the meetings and, like, no, keep my lights on. Give me more plexiglass.
0: More plexiglass.
1: This is costing money. <laughs> now this is ridiculous
0: <laughs> and then emerson and her co-workers in the costume department gave a similar speech in the rooms where they kept the wardrobe because she said they wanted the renovation to go smoothly and didn't want the ghosts to get upset which is very considerate
1: that's nice of them
0: the main spirit definitely seems to be that of henry jewett but there are a few others lingering mm. around the huntington emerson emerson has had a lot of encounters woman. there uh Well, that's what's weird is that we don't know who that angry woman was. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it could be, well, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. So Emerson said that a piano was stored in the basement near the dressing rooms. And on more than one occasion, she, along with her colleagues, would hear show tunes playing, like from the 30s and 40s. But when she went to go see who was playing the piano, there was no one there. It got to the point where a medium went to the theater and I guess went to check out the piano and did a reading, if you will. And the medium said that the piano player was a guy named Leo, and he played for the spirit of a singer and showgirl named Gloria, who had starred in musicals.
1: Gloria.
0: I tried to find a list of performers to see if maybe someone named Gloria had been part of the Henry Jewett Players, but Mm -hmm. I couldn't find a list Uh. anywhere. But after the, vid- after the medium, excuse me, visited the theater, anytime Emerson or her co-workers would hear the piano playing, they'd go, hey, Leo, how you doing? Uh, it's good to make friends
1: with ghosts. Of course. I'm just saying. Always.
0: Another ghost said to hang out at the Huntington is one they refer to simply as the Lady in White. It, this could be the angry woman, but oh, I'm not sure. Okay. According to the book Ghost of Boston Town by Holly Holly Nadler, the lady in white is, quote, a misty woman in a white dress, sometimes seen hovering around dress rehearsals. It's believed that she is the spirit of a woman who was in charge of costumes for a theater company, possibly Henry's. We don't know, but it could have been a different one that had just rented the space.
1: Mm hmm.
0: She's considered harmless. Actually, all of the spirits at the Huntington are considered mostly harmless right. and even protective at times. Okay, Like the last ghost I'm going to talk about, who is simply known as the Sentry. The Sentry has been seen many times by several people. It's described as a grainy, shadowy figure, and its footsteps are often heard outside the green room, mm-hmm. which is just a room where actors hang out. Many actors there view the sentry as a protective fi- protective figure, hence its nickname. A sentry is a watchman or guard, basically. And the performers feel like the sentry is watching over them. A sighting of this spirit is viewed as a sign that all is safe and sound at the theater. The identity- it's actually
1: a ghost that was sent by Equity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just to, like, keep an eye on things. Yeah.
1: The, it's a union ghost.
0: <laughs> the identity of the century is unclear. Something it could be the spirit of Henry Jewett watching over things, making sure all is well at the theater he founded. Mm. But in that book, Ghosts of Boston Town, the author presents the theory that the century might be the spirit of Hallie Flanagan, a badass bitch who led an arts relief project known as the Federal Theater Project.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. The Federal Theater Project. Yeah. I remember studying that in my... um. Like theater history class
0: yeah so it was headed by this woman Hallie it helped theaters all across the country the Huntington included during the 1930s after the Great Depression it employed
1: to the the living newspaper yes isn't that what that was okay
0: uh so yeah she started children's theater the living newspaper like kind of brought that into she's
1: fierce I mean she's amazing Yeah.
0: yeah Uh, It employed artists and craft workers nationwide and brought affordable theater to the American public. Through this project, Halley employed thousands of theater artists in the U.S. Unfortunately, in 1938, Halley was called to testify before the House Un-American Activities Committee. (sighs) who, Who felt the plays being produced supported a socialist agenda and subverted American values. And they shut the project down. I personally don't feel the century is Hallie Flanagan just because she was involved with tons of theaters. So I don't know why she'd hang out at just the Huntington. That's my take.
1: Uh, maybe she felt the safest there. Who maybe. Knows? I don't know.
0: I don't think it's her though. Fair. A film crew used the theater several years ago because they wanted to shoot a show that was part documentary, part reality series called project Ghostlight. All theaters have a ghost light. It's typically a single bulb left on at the end of the night For this show, they would take three actors and turn off the ghost light and then have the actors walk around with infrared cameras just to see what they might capture, which sounds fucking cool (laughs) and terrifying, but cool. Before they even started shooting, though, the crew experienced tons of crazy shit. First off, they had a bunch of electrical malfunctions, which you can't produce a TV show and you have a ton of electrical malfunctions lights would flicker on and off, typical ghosty things. But perhaps the weirdest and scariest thing was that when the crew was taking a tour of the space, they went outside. It's unclear if they went out on the roof or just another floor of the building that had a landing outside, but they were trying to get a lay of the land and choose locations they wanted the actors to explore. And the door leading to the outside was one of those that only opened from the inside. Like you couldn't get in from the outside either it automatically locked or there was no handle to pull it or whatever so the crew took a rope and tied it in a way that would keep the door open like tying it to the inside handle and the stairwell railing but when they were done checking out the outside and went to go back in the rope had been untied oh. and they were locked out so they ended up having to use the fire escape mm-hmm. i looked on imdb to see if the show ever came to fruition and and it doesn't look like it did. Mm. It was named as a selection in the New York Television Festival back in 2008, but it doesn't look like it ever went Got anywhere after up. that. Okay. I, feel like, I feel like there was some spirit something or something. Something
1: was like, uh-uh, yeah. no, no, no.
0: And then just one more little piece of spook spook. In the room where they make all the hats for mm-hmm. the costume pieces, at around 3.15 every afternoon, whichever employee happens to be on duty at that time, sees a shadow in the shape of a human sort of flicker overhead. Ew. Pretty weird.
1: That is really scary.
0: And then this part made me think of you. So there was an actress named Denise who had two run-ins with a ghostly presence in the room where they store the hats. I'm not sure why the hats were like a central focus of the spirit. Both times she was alone. It was after hours and it was quiet. The first incident... She's in the storage room and all of a sudden she felt a hot hand on the back of her neck. Uh, So she turned around really quick, but no one was there. And then the second time, this is what made me think of you. Uh Once again, she was all alone in that same room and she felt someone grab her hip, but no one was there. Yeah. She got ghost grabbed. She got ghost grabbed. Just like you got ghost poked. Oh, scary. And that's the story. Of the haunted Huntington Theater That's
1: amazing Also I would like to think that you could Like rile up the woman in white By like walking around with pasta sauce
0: Oh she'd be so, so pissed She'd be pissed For a number of reasons One because she's wearing white And two because she's going to think You're going <laughs> to spill it all over the costumes So yeah she could be the angry woman
1: Yeah she she's angry because she can't eat pasta In her white dress
0: I'd be so mad I'd eat it anyway <laughs> though Tell us what you thought. She's mad
1: because she got a stain. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Are there Tide pens in the other world? Doubtful. I know.
0: (laughs) Um, But tell us what you thought. Let us know your uh, feelings of this. If you've ever been to the Huntington, oh my goodness, definitely tell us that. We want to know. Uh, You can let us know in the comments on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at...
1: At Horrorwood Podcast.
0: You didn't even look at the paper then. I remembered it. (laughs) Um, Also, I just remembered today that we have a Twitter account. I've literally... So so Podbean automatically posts to Twitter for us for the episodes, but I don't think I've ever actually made a post. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, if you're on Twitter, let us know. Through Instagram, basically, and we'll mm. hop on over. Uh, you can also email us at...
1: Horrorwoodpodcast at gmail.com.
0: And if you want to get one of those curated by Kate Fall packages, that's... Yeah, curated by Kate. Curated We're going to say Kate.
1: that. I like that.
0: Um, or a Horrorwood Halloween package. I don't know. It, I, it may, it maybe doesn't have a name. We're going to find out. Uh, be sure to head on over to Patreon at...
1: Patreon.com slash Horrorwood Podcast.
0: And again, you've got to sign up before October 1st because I'm going to send them out in October. And it's only going to be on our top tier, which is our Misfit Murderinos. And don't forget to rate and or review and or subscribe. Um, Spotify only has a rating. Apple has a rating and review. I'm not sure about all the other ones, honestly. But do all the things because we we need the love. And remember to always treat ghosts with respect because you never know who might be lingering around and what the fuck they might do to you.
1: Yeah. And you never know if you're like an actor where your next job is coming from? It could be the afterlife. So.
0: Oh shit! That got dark.
1: Casting director. Oh, that is really dark. I don't mean <laughs> it like that. I was trying to make a joke and it didn't work.
0: It just got really. Depressing. It got really sad. <gasps> um, we got to bring it back up. Casting
1: okay. directors. I don't.
0: <laughs> just start saying jobs in the theater. <laughs> Producers. Playwrights. Okay. Ushers. Audience. I gotta go. <laughs>